Welcome, welcome, welcome in to the Mostly Manly Show. I am your host, Brad Manly. And uh, I, I'm going to apologize right off the bat. I did not get a show out last week. It's been a rough couple weeks for me, and this is going to be probably the most personal show I've done. And at the end of it, I promise you'll find out what my issue was or what the issue with the world was. But let's start out by saying I have been paying a lot of attention to, oh, some of the newer uh, Disney Plus things that came out mostly Star Wars related because, you know, I'm a giant fan, giant fan. That being said, I want to shout out my boys in um, Seven Knights of Ren. That's my alliance in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. They're a pretty good group of dudes. We're small but mighty, working hard to be better at it. But, I mean, for me, it's just, it was almost the perfect storm. Um, it's May... I should know this. May 25th of 77 is when it was released in the theaters. I was nine years old. And I honestly, I don't recall seeing, I was never a Star Trek kid. Um, still not really. Shatner always cracked me up and Leonard Nimoy I had great respect for. But no, I mean, I was never a Star Wars guy. But, or I'm sorry, a Star Trek guy. I apologize for that. And so I don't recall seeing much. And science fiction-wise, you know, before this. So when I, I mean, there was a couple things, a couple ads I had seen, just a very, very few. Uh, not like now where you know, well, on social media and the internet's done this, though. You know exactly what's going to happen for 80% of the movie sometimes, it feels like. Um, but so when Star Wars came out, you know, and like I said, it was a time when you saw stuff in the theater because that was your the only thing to do. Um, I was I was blown away. I mean, the music, lighting, the sound, special effects. Oh my god, it was it was phenomenal. It was crazy. Not like that opening with that real that the blackness of of everything, and then it said, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, that kind of thing. And then the music hits; it's explosive, and then that crawl starts. Across the screen, uh, it's a time of great unrest, and I was nine, so I couldn't keep up with that. But I'm like, Whew, something good about to happen, you know. And then it goes to the cool, quiet, dark of space for you know a second, and then a ship comes barreling over, and you know they were just getting into the Dolby surround sound the theater. Right now, for <laughs> 45 years later, and. Uh, I got got the chills right now just thinking about that. And it just, it's incredible. Incredible. Um, and I didn't really know, even once it started, I didn't know what I was in for, really, when I saw that ship, you know, cruise across the screen. And then that giant ship, the, we now know as the Star Destroyer, was chasing it. Um, but I was I was transfixed. And I'm just staring like, what is about to go on here? And then they, I mean, shit, we, everybody was, everybody in the theater was, oh, what is going on? This is amazing. Um, as it was a time, like the movies from the time, and I didn't know this really, but, you know, there was like the Godfather and all kinds of stuff that was kind of dark and somber and not as much action. 
you know, and this was kind of new and in your face, and it was just in just something. Then they have the the rebel ship is what you see first inside the rebel ship and all the those rebel soldiers. I mean, they were corny, you know, and they had those corny helmets, but I'll tell you what, they were badasses because dude, the second I saw somebody like Vader coming at me, I would not have stood my ground. I would not have shot at him. I'd have been gone. I mean, hiding in any cubby hole I could have found. Of course, Vader will find you, but that's just the shit he does. Um, but anyway, so then, you know, the rebels are all there and they're holding their guns, aiming, and they hear all these doosh, doosh sounds. And then, the, you know, obviously somebody's using some kind of laser torch to cut a hole in the ship. Then the stormtroopers come pouring in and they're that shiny white armor and looking, oh, ridiculously badass. And then the music and Vader comes through the damn door and you're like, what is going on here? Down, 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 you know, that whole thing. And he's stomping through. Looks like he's about 14 feet tall and shiny too. That helmet, the gleam off of that was just amazing. And everybody with an eyeball knew exactly right that second that this guy clearly was trouble. I mean, it was, it was nuts. It was crazy and hectic and loud. And uh, in a word, it was fantastic. It really just was. I mean, you know, four and a half decades later, I am still absolutely hooked. I'll be back. Hey, everybody. I am coming back without music for the second half to kind of reflect the more somber tone that I have here, uh, this show. Let me, I'm going to kind of change things up a little bit. I'm going to do some shout outs now. And you'll see why just in a minute. So I already shouted out my Star Wars boys. I'm in another new game, Shocker, named Puzzle Combat. And I'm in an alliance with a couple boys that I'm in uh, an alliance with. In my Empires and Puzzles alliance with Ogre and JJ. So I'm giving them a shout out, letting them know. I want to toss out some congratulations to my good and long time. I hate to say old. Uh, my longtime friend, Missy, who got remarried. and. I have not physically seen her in some time. I stay in contact with her a little bit over Facebook. And i got to say, she looks as happy right now as I've ever seen her in my life. So that makes my heart warm. That's good. Good, good. I want to toss out a couple happy birthdays. Um, my friend Emily uh, had a celebrated birthday. I think 29, I think. Um, if she's not 29, she's welcome. And my good friend, uh, Teresa, um, Teresa's husband, Todd, I've known since forever. And so, I mean, you know, by the transitive property, I feel like I've known Teresa forever. Also, she had a birthday and I uh, just want to wish her a happy birthday. Uh, look like she got, she's um, spent some time with her dad. So that's always a good time. You can spend time with your family. Um, and I had a couple of friends I wanted to at least send my best wishes along to because they had illness in their some illnesses in their family. My friend uh, Eula May and Tessa, uh, who I used to work with, and um, still good friends with both of them. Um, they have family members that are ill, and hopefully that you know they'll start to see some positive changes for their family members. Um, now, let, let me get into something. Part of the reason that uh, I didn't record last week is I felt like. I was just in the middle of a dark cloud. Um, I've had four. Let me get into some of that now. 
four people that I knew, either the family or the person directly that passed away in the last like two weeks. And it just, I don't know, it's, it's been heartbreaking. First, I wanted to wish my sincerest condolences to the Carpenter family. They lost a 10-year-old little boy. Um, and that's, I mean, losing anyone's hard, but I can't imagine a child. So that I just want to wish them my best and just, just an awful, awful thing. Um, and my friend Victoria uh, had a relative pass away, and I want to send her my condolences. And my dear, dear friend Kendra actually lost her husband, and that's a hard thing to deal with. Uh, Kendra says, I actually, not that any of these people are, but Kendra, I know, is just a wonderful human being, and uh, it hurts my heart, hurts my heart to have to talk about and think about stuff like this. And, you know, since my heart's already hurting, we'll get on to this other, this, the bigger part of my story here is um, good friend of mine that I've known forever uh, named Dan Miller passed away over the weekend. Um, Dan was a professional musician. He was a world renowned jazz trumpet player. He was a teacher. He was a composer. He played all over the world with some of the great names in jazz. And now I know almost nothing about jazz. So if I have heard these names, then I know these people were special. As it turns out, Dan was as well. Um, he played with Harry Connick Jr. He for, you know, in several shows. In fact, there's a video on YouTube. Um, if you look up Harry Connick Jr. or Dan Miller, Harry Connick Jr., um, Dan's playing a solo and Harry Connick Jr. is bebopping along. And at the end of it, Harry Connick Jr. says to the audience, Dan bleeping Miller, like, and when, you know, they clap and then he says it again because he's so fired up. I was going to say jazz, that would have been a bad pun. So fired up about the piece that Dan just played. And it's it's just awesome to see, you know, see a guy in his element. And that's what that was. Uh, he played with... Uh, Winton Marsalis. I know that name. I feel like a charlatan using it, but I know that he's a big deal, and I know that Dan was too. Um, and Maynard Ferguson, um, who's also another legendary trumpet player, who I believe also, I don't believe I know for a fact, sorry, has also passed on. Um, I know Dan ran clinics, and he mentored hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of young musicians. And all since he's passed, I've read about all these uh, all these people coming out of the woodwork with more and more and more stories about him. And they're just awesome. But apparently he was some kind of a teacher. He really had some kind of a he, he made kids understand and kids that had, you know, a little tiny inkling of of music in their heart and soul. Dan kind of tugged on that string and got it pretty deeply embedded into him. Um, you know, that's his adult life. That's his legacy. But what I really want to remember with you guys is that Dan that I knew, well, hell, since uh, second grade, I guess. Kid I sat through tons and tons of class with. We, I don't know. We probably joked at stuff we shouldn't have. We probably laughed when teachers were mad. We probably did all kinds of shit. But, I mean, there's a couple things that really stand out. It was, it was obvious after talking to Dan for you no know, 30 seconds that he was just 
as an adult, I would say he had a zest for life. As a kid, I thought he was a fun kid to be around. Um, there's, you know, again, these are now my adult words for childish emotions, but he was gregarious and smiling constantly. And one of the things I remember the most, though, is that he loved, loved, loved music. And it was before I ever knew anything about jazz or the trumpet, I, I remember, I believe this was, I'm trying to think of which classroom we'd have come out of for recess. This might've been third grade and he was out, now I'm using air quotes here, jamming with some guys and they were pretending to be a band and one of them was playing air guitar. One guy was singing into a, like a stick slash pine cone microphone. And I think at that time, Dan had some sticks and he was pretending to be a drummer, that kind of thing, but just, in and and selling it too. I mean, he was into it. Um, it was just awesome. I, and we were, I guess, we were bit intermediate, so that would have been like fourth, fifth, sixth grade for us. Now they call it, I don't know what they call they call them a bunch everything different, but he would he then started to talk about like jazz and you know, jazz. Famous jazz people, Bird, I remember him saying that. And uh, he'd like hold his hand like a trumpet and create some jazz, like, burr, 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 you know, and he would just get real super fired up. And when he, he started talking about jazz players, jazz musicians, and of course, like I had heard, honestly, Bird and maybe Dizzy I had heard about, Dizzy Gillespie. I think that's right. You know, don't burn me too bad if it's not. Um, but he would always start to talk about Maynard and this Maynard Ferguson. And I mean, that seemed early on to be his guy, the, his idol, the guy he wanted to be. I mean, we're wearing like G.I. Joe t-shirts and stuff. And Dan had Maynard shirts. I remember specifically the black one that had like a white, I think I said MF on it, which, you know, made people smile at the time. And, uh, you know, as a Maynard Ferguson, I, I remember the first time I heard him talk about him, he got very fired up and he says, Maynard can hit a C above high C. And now I'll admit, I wasn't exactly sure what that meant at the time, but judging by the way Dan looked and sounded and felt when he told the story, I knew that that had to be great. It just had, C above high C had to be great. So then, Later in life, um, you know, I turned into a, 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 you know, a happy guy, but a normal guy. And Dan went on to be, you know, a world-class musician. So when I found out and kind of reconnected, and I found out he got to tour with Maynard, I was thrilled. I mean, this is a kid from my part of the part of the world, from our little, you know, a Gurney slash Wildwood area right there. I think they kind of lived right on that border. Um, and he knew from childhood exactly who and what he wanted to be. I mean, I wanted to play football. My friends wanted to be a fireman or something like that. And Dan wanted to be a jazz trumpet player. And he did. And he was great at it. I mean, this was a man that lived the life he wanted and he dreamed of on his own terms. I mean, we should all be that lucky, shouldn't we? So I got to thinking, how does one, such as myself, pay tribute to someone whose light shone so bright 
throughout his life, whose spirit made the world not only a more musical place, but a better place in general. And then it hit me. This. Talk about him. Let his memory and his music still live in me, still live in you, still live in everyone that ever met him or heard him or saw him. And here, brother, here is my tribute. Just here is to you keep it a good spot right in front of the damn stage open for me for when I get there to see you. You rest easy, my friend, and hit that damn sea above high sea up there with Maynard for all of us. Until next week, stay manly.